Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here is always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, I'm back in the 11050 for the, for the, not the foreseeable future, because I can foresee me flying back to Utah, but I'm just here to visit my uh, family for two weeks. So exciting stuff. Two weeks, which means we get to record at normal human being times. I'm just delighted. This is, <laughs> as Ray Hudson would say, and I quote, and it is very, very early for me going into my, into like the, the deep crevices of my vocal cords, but it is, as he would say, <sighs> Okay, here we go. As Ray Hudson would say. <laughs> yeah, How'd I it's do? great. How'd I do? Was that okay? I think it was so loud that Zoom actually just muted you. More than likely, yes. Yeah. In case it didn't come through, just imagine Ray Hudson magisterial. Just yeah. in case. I could, just I could case. definitely read your lips on that. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But... It was at a frequency that is too, is just out of the range of, of Zoom. This is why I'm a voice talent. This is what I do. <laughs> Your dynamic range is too dynamic. Uh, listen, I am a I am a dynamic radio professional. Yes. A voice talent. <laughs> a voice talent. A superior voice talent that Zoom cannot cover all of my talents. <laughs> well, anyway. So let's start off with Thursday Night Football because mm-hmm. what a what a interesting game this was. Yes, between the yes. Chargers and the Chiefs, which I didn't watch because I was not only was I packing to get ready to go to New York, but also fuck Amazon for that for exclusivity. Fair, fair. Although I kind of wish I did because it was it was a, a pretty interesting looking game. First half, first half was a snooze fest. First half, mm-hmm. we were all getting ready to say to ourselves, why the hell are we watching this game? The This game was really the, I can't believe he got a touchdown game, at least for Kansas City. Because, you know, Clyde didn't score, Juju didn't score, and Kelsey didn't score. But Justin Watson scored, and Jarek McKinnon scored. Mm-hmm. Eckler didn't score either. No, no. But Eckler had a nice floor, had a nice floor game. Um, but he's been he's been ro- being rotating with uh, Sony Michelle, Josh Kelly got some looks as well. But when push came to shove, and they needed to try and send it, it was Austin Eckler that was that was getting his. So. You're going to feel comfortable about Austin Eckler going forward. I mean, there's there's no reason for anybody to panic because really, if you look at it, and this is going to be a theme that we see going throughout this show, I challenge anybody to name me a starting running back that they that they took in the first two rounds, not named DeAndre Swift, who we'll get to, that has had back-to-back good weeks. Hint, there isn't one. There really isn't. Christian McCaffrey. No. Alvin Kamara. No. Dalvin Cook didn't have really a great week last week. So no. Uh, Derek Henry. No, well, he's not playing until tonight. So, well, yes, but Dalvin Cook did not have a good game last week. So True. we're going to say no. Austin Eckler. 
Not really. Uh, Joe Mixon. No, no. Uh, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Yes. And no, depending on your scoring. Like if you're a non PPR, the 145 yards last week, you're loving life. Um, but if you're in, if you're in PPR, 145 yards was only 14 and a half points. And this week he was 87, I think it was, and three touchdowns. So not really. And then you just keep keep going down the list. The only one in the top two rounds that has provided some level of consensus consistency so far this season has been DeAndre Swift. And yep. then you and then you start going outside of that. You have your uh Antonio Gibsons, um Adam Miles Wilson. Sanders. Miles Sanders, Sanders. My, uh, uh, Miles Sanders, we'll see tonight. We'll see tonight for sure. But Miles Sanders had a, good week, had a good week one, yes. Uh, Michael Carter, uh, that's that's another one. Well, uh, Brees Hall also, Brees Hall had a good game this week. Yeah, but what anyway. did he do? What did he do in week one? He did nothing in week one. Right, right. So you can't really say that. So the only guy that's super name value, the only guy that's really delivered anything thus far consistent, cons- uh, consistently, oh, James Robinson. James Robinson is another one. Yeah. But the only top guy that has been consistent enough thus far has been DeAndre Swift. Yep. Who will get to? Who will get to? So no reason to panic about Austin Eckler because you're going to panic about Austin Eckler. He's had two consistent games. Then you need to be like throwing your toys out the pram for Derrick Henry. And nobody is doing that. I mean, you're right. Absolutely. And um, I, am, I, I am, by the way, if I, if, if, if and this is just for, just for it, you and I, um, but I'm not, I'm not going to cut this. So I don't, I don't care. Um, if, if you see me doing something while this, while we're um, recording this, it is because I'm working on something. So, and hopefully I will have it by the time that we get there. Okay. Well, I'm interested to see what it is. Well, it's on the Cowboys, of course. Oh, of course it's on the Cowboys. Yeah, that's, that's the easiest I can get my information. Is it one and of those? We also, for all the for all the Giants fans out there, um, I do have a little bit of an update on the Kenny Galladay situation. For those that have not heard, um, Kenny Galladay was out of there before media could even get into the Giants locker room, and locker was cleared out. Um, I do have I do have an update on on that. Well, you only played it like. A hand, literally a handful of snaps. You can you count want a number. Your, was it like two or three? It was just two. Two. I remember they were saying, uh, like Connor Hughes was. This was a Giants day for him, so he was reporting on the Giant game at MetLife for SMY, and he was mm-hmm. talking about in the third quarter. I think that Kenny Galloway had only had two snaps, and Canarius Tony had only had like however many. Uh, that he had, but Kadarius Tony also has not been great for the Giants. Uh, well, they, scaled, they scaled Kadarius Tony snaps back last week, and he had he had a he had a nice bounce back this week. He had 29, 29 snaps of the team's total seventy three snaps, and he left injured though. Also, yeah, yeah, left injured, and I I should have an update on uh, on Kadarius Tony when we get there. Yep, well, he's not, he's not even the best receiver in New York. That's Garrett Wilson. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, but before we get there, the Chargers, the real thing that we want to talk about in this game is Justin Herbert and his injury. Yes. His yep. uh, rib cartilage 
uh, injury that uh, Brandon Staley said after the game is day-to-day. I mean, this is a great opportunity for a mini-buy, to be honest with you. Correct. Correct. This is a great opportunity. We talked about it last week with Keenan Allen and how important the extended rest period is going to be for him. It is going to be equally, if not more important now for Justin Herbert. He has a rib cartilage fracture now based on the people that I've talked to about it, because I am in by no means a medical professional, but I got to reach out to a couple people and just be like, okay, give me the ins and outs. Basically the number one thing with these kind of injuries is it's not about whether or not he can play. It's a matter of the pain tolerance. Can he play through whatever pain he has? And really it's not something that's going to show up on an MRI. It's not something that's going to show up on any sort of scan that you want to come up with. It's going to be in the hands of Justin Herbert. If Justin Herbert feels that Justin Herbert can play, he's going to play. But if Justin Herbert feels that he can't go, because the pain is too much, then Justin Herbert is not going to play on Sunday versus the Jacksonville Jaguars in week three. Chase Daniel would then come in and be the starter. And I think for anybody who is concerned about Austin Eckler, guess what? You're going to have an opportunity for an absolute smash, smash day for Austin Eckler, given the amount of the amount of checkdowns he'll probably get and the amount of opportunities that he'll probably have on the ground as well. So um it, it is a day-to-day situation. We'll definitely have more um, for a preview show this week uh, with Jake and I, and then on the mailbag as well. We'll definitely have uh, more information as to uh, whether or not Justin Herbert is going to play. I, If I put my money in a specific camp right now, I would say Justin Herbert is playing in week three. Yeah. I mean, he might do like a, like a Tony Romo with the, the Kevlar vest. Adam, it is so funny that you say that because literally I asked one of these people who is PhD and everything. I asked, I asked him, I said, is it possible that they could wrap him up in the Kevlar? And he was like, yes, it's, it's, it's entirely possible. And they provide I mean, more padding to the area, much like, much like the saints did with Jameis with four fractures in his back. Yeah. Well, did they also do that with Drew Brees when he yep. cracked his ribs? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Tony Romo, when he cracked his ribs, when he punctured his lung. Yes. That's the, that's the one thing that my mind immediately goes to Mm -hmm. is Tony Romo. Oh, thanks. In that scenario, whenever somebody cracks your cracks, their ribs, just like poof, Tony Romo. Tony, Tony. Yeah. Was that, was that, was a very good calm impression? (laughs) A little bit. Tony. (laughs) God uh, damn it, Tony! Anything, anything else for this game? I mean, we talked about how the big guys didn't score, but uh, yeah, um, I mean, I could just talk about something with the with the Chargers and the Chiefs very quickly. Um, Gerald Everett had a really really nice day. I don't know if he is waiver wire worthy, just because if Keaton Allen comes back, I don't know how. I don't know what his what he's going to really look like if Keenan Allen is going to come back into this offense and he goes back to being really the fourth option in the passing game behind Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen. But Gerald Everett, he was fine. He was fine. He got the job done. If you were in a bit of a pickle and you needed someone to stream, then then good. He he definitely then got the job done for you. Um, but then again, like I said, I'm not really willing to go out 
and spend a significant amount of money on Gerald Everett this week, despite him having a, a, a really, really nice game. I don't see him getting 10 targets, though, when um, when Keenan Allen comes back. So that maybe that's something that you try and do for like a zero to zero dollar bid or a dollar bid. And you put him on your bench as a second tight end and then you see what happens. But there's only so much to go around in this offense. You're right. Well, especially if Justin Herbert is limited and misses some time. If he if it's Jace Daniel, then I don't think ever it's not he's not even worth it at this point. The, like you can it, wait another If it week. is Chase Daniel, you have to have serious consideration about who is even worth starting in this offense. Really, it would be Keenan Allen, I would think, right? I think it would probably only be Keenan Allen. Mike Williams, I would have a serious, serious discussion about. Yeah. But going to Kansas City now, Juju, three for 10. Not great. Not what you wanted to see. Um, But Patrick Mahomes said this. There's not going to be a number one receiver in this offense. And I believed him. I believed him when he said it. And it has proven to be true. They spread the ball out really, really well. And Juju, is is he going to be consistent? Maybe not, which stinks. But he's going to be he's going to be a flex level play uh, week in, week out. I do expect uh, the Chiefs to get him more involved against Indianapolis, who, by the way, just got absolutely fucking torched by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we will get, get there. to that. It's our, it's, like, our, it's our next game. It's our yeah, next game. It's, so we're going to talk about it very, very, very quickly. Uh, but better days are ahead for Juju. I'm not super concerned uh, moving forward. Not yet, at least. Not yet, at least. Yeah. Uh, anything else with this game? Nope. I'm All good. Right. So the Colts and the Jaguars. Oh, my God. I guess we should talk about the more interesting and pressing matter. The Colts. <laughs> How worried are you about the about these Colts? Uh. Very, very. <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, we all thought that like this would be a get right game for him. Um, and like he did well against Houston, but you thought this would just be like a good game for him, like a great game for him. You know, people were uh, relying on the receivers in, in Pittman, you know, and it just did not work at all. It really did not work at all. Well, I think Jonathan Taylor also fell victim to the Colts being down very quickly in this game. Uh, Going into half, Jonathan Taylor had five carries for four yards. And there were people that were sending me messages from all over saying, what the fuck is going on with Jonathan Taylor? And to be quite honest, again, it just fell. He fell victim to the game script. And you did see uh, Naeem Hines, but it it wasn't enough for Naeem Hines to really put a significant dent to the point where I'm concerned about it. Jonathan Taylor was still on the field for 37 of the team's 50 offensive snaps in the game. Naeem Hines was on the field for 15. So again, I'm not, I'm not worried about it, but the nine carries in this game, it just falls victim. He falls victim to the game script. That's really what it is. And, you know, it was, it was, it's a rare dud from, from Jonathan Taylor and to be completely honest with the way that this Colts offense has looked 
and they get Kansas City next week, it, it could happen again. It could happen again. So, yep. so I don't know. I haven't started my week three ranks. I know I did it. I know I did them last week before uh the before the preview show or the review show, whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> um, but I haven't started them yet. I don't know if I'm gonna have Jonathan Taylor as my RB one going into next week. I think that might end up being somebody else. Who that somebody else is, I have no idea, but it might be somebody else. Could be James Robinson. I'm just kidding. <laughs> great segue, Adam. <laughs> great, it's probably, great segue. It probably isn't James Robinson, but James Robinson uh looks way better in this offense than Trevor or than Travis Etienne does. So honestly, I think that this committee thus far has become pretty clear. And it kind of reminds me of this Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams situation from last year. I think it's very, very similar that people drafted Travis Etienne with the hopes that he was going to be the guy. And you got to remember this, this is his rookie year for all intents and purposes. This is, this is his rookie year and they're going to ease him. They're going to ease him in. James Robinson, if we're splitting the amount of touches that the running backs in Jacksonville got, James Robinson got 45 of those touches to Travis Etienne's 26. On early down, James Robinson was the early leader. He was the leader in those early those early touches. The goal line, they had two goal line touches. James Robinson got both of them. In short yardage, James Robinson was the leader. The only the only time that James Robinson really came off of this field was on third downs. Then it was Travis Etienne. But James Robinson has got to be the guy that you're starting in this Jacksonville backfield. And I've, so I have a question. Shoot. That not only is it for me, but also it could be for people who drafted late in the draft and might be in the same situation or a similar situation. So I have Joe Mixon yeah, as my RB1 currently. And I have Joe Mixon and DeAndre Swift as my two running backs. Should I start James Robinson for Joe Mixon? Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Never. Never. (laughs) Could you flex James Robinson? Yes. See, He's a viable flex play. I might have to... I might have to trade one of because I don't have enough spots because I have Miles Sanders also. So I don't have enough spots for all of my players. Well, but, well, tonight will be a good audition then for Miles Sanders if he if he keeps that spot or not. But yeah. two touchdowns in a row for James Robinson. And maybe he gets an opportunity to do it again, week three versus the Chargers. Um, but if they fall behind in that game. Then you're going to see. Then you're going to see a little bit of Travis Etienne. So I think that that's where the Etienne window could open up. But uh, yeah, really, really, really positive signs for anybody that has uh, James Robinson and took the chance on him late. And if you have Travis Etienne, you're kind of panicking right about now. You're you're not you're not doing so hot on uh, on 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 this Monday morning. It's true. Um, how many more games until I can say that I was wrong about Christian Kirk? I think you need to start saying it. <laughs> I, I mean, good for him. It. Good for him. 
I just didn't think like you just didn't have enough uh, usage or looks in Arizona to uh, warrant that contract. But, you know, he's looking good as the number one in this offense. The team saw something in Christian Kirk that made them say, hey, let's give him $18.5 million per season. And now he's a must-start wide receiver, too, going forward. He has to be. He has to be. And he's playing the bulk of the snaps. He's not coming off of the field, which is great, which is great, great, great. He's on the field. So it's just a matter of is he getting is he getting the looks? And the answer is yes. He had six targets, all six targets, had two touchdowns. Christian Kirk is a machine. And we told you this. Well, we, as in Jake and I, Adam wasn't so sure, but Adam will have his moment to will have his moment to gloat coming. So yeah, he'll have his moment. Um but Christian Kirk is proven to be for the round nine price that you got him at. Christian Kirk has been proving to be an unbelievable value, unbelievable value. And you have to start him moving forward. Have to, have to, have to. <coughs> True. Absolutely. Uh, next up, let's go with the, the jet game. Why not? What a great, what a fun Fun game this jet game was. Uh, well, it wasn't fun for a bit until it suddenly very was very much was fun. Wow, no, it was fun. It. it was fun for like the last three minutes of the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, your favorite guy caught a uh, caught a long touchdown to really start the the uh, the rally. The best receiver in the National Football League. Hey, you know what? I, I, I didn't see Cooper Cup starting uh, starting a late comeback. Didn't see Cooper Cup doing that. So the Corey Ram- Davis must be better than Cooper Cup. It's because the Rams were already winning. Yeah, they almost lost that game. I know. Well, because of uh, Cooper Cup, mind you, Cooper Cup almost lost in that game. But uh, did Corey Davis know- almost make his team lose the game? Absolutely not. No. But there were a couple of bad drops in this game. But you know that's not that's not the point. The point is, can we, can we is talk a- about Cleveland first? So uh, we could spend some time with the Jets because yeah. there is like there's less to talk about with the Browns and there's a lot to talk about with the Jets. Okay, there I am giving us full permission to spend some time talking about the Jets. I'm very excited because there is some stuff to talk about. There is, uh, there is absolutely. Okay. So, so yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know which one of us was starting. So for Cleveland, I mean, Nick Chubb obviously had a great game uh with the three touchdowns. I mean, that's 36 points right there. Yeah. Yes. And then it's basically at like 40, was it 44.7? Something like that. Uh for Chubb, he had 87 yards. Well, outside of PPR stuff. Uh, I can tell you right now, he had, if my screen, 32.3. Gotcha. 32.3, because he also had three catches. Yes. Look at Nick Chubb moving up in the world. Yep. Having some PPR value. PPR value. That's right. 
but also don't my math was terrible there three no, times very bad very 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 bad, very bad. just very very, yeah. very bad um but yeah again this is the nick chubb experience if he scores you love him if he doesn't score you hate him if he's not getting you 140 yards on the ground you hate him you absolutely hate him so uh, moving forward you're going to play nick chubb as, a, as, as an rb1 you know nothing changes on that front and he's gonna be a guy you either love on certain weeks or you hate yep uh i mean kareem hunt i know a lot of people started him expecting something not like what he did in week one but they're expecting something more like he would have got they were expecting him to get at least one of those touchdowns um it just didn't really happen for him. Again, I, mean, I think it was it was very game script dependent with Hunt. And I think this was nice to see. This was nice to see the Browns are up in a game and Kareem Hunt is not necessarily getting the PPR looks. So the way you're going to approach the situation moving forward with Kareem Hunt is if you're looking at a matchup where you potentially see the Cleveland Browns being down, you start Kareem Hunt. As a flex, if you think the Browns are winning the game, you don't start Kareem Hunt. That's the way you kind of have to play pick them. Who do you see winning? Do you see Cleveland Browns opponent or do you see the Browns? Because if Cleveland Browns opponent is going to win, that means going to be throwing more. Jacoby Brissett is not going to be taking chances and he is going to be trying to check it down every opportunity that he can, which is good for Kareem Hunt. Yeah. And also, I mean, a big bounce back for Amari Cooper, your guy. I love him. I love him. What a great guy. What a great guy. What a great, great, great player. Couldn't recover the onside kick, though. Let me tell you. <laughs> I don't know who it was. It was somebody. But Amari Cooper just absolutely fucking cooked him. It was, it was on the goal line. He absolutely took that dude to the cleaners and i don't know who it was <clears throat> what was his not do you remember his number 29 27 honestly i don't know yeah i genuinely don't know who it was i don't know who it was so uh, apologies um but i pointed out when i was watching the game i was like whoa amari cooper just uh, the, the route was sick he didn't get a target he, he didn't get a target um on the play but and it was, a, it was a good chance that Amari Cooper oh. would have just been sent to the moon uh, if he if he got the hit. But it might have been Lamarcus Joyner, which probably which fits because he's sure. terrible. Sure, could have been, could have been twenty nine or Brandon Eccles is twenty six. I thought it was twenty nine, so it, it, it was Lamar. It could have been Lamarcus Joyner. Yeah, well, that makes sense because he's been terrible okay. this season. All right, that makes a lot of sense. Um, they get Pittsburgh next week. I think it's a good opportunity again for Amari Cooper to have not this level of day where he's nine for nine and over the century mark at a touchdown. I'm not saying it's going to happen again, but to have a nice day. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in the cards for sure. Yep. And same amount of snaps too, as Donovan Peoples Jones, Donovan Peoples Jones was on the field for 54 of the, of the 67 snaps, just only got one target. So yeah, Anybody Sorry about had, that. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, From ooh. us. Ooh. 
because we we said that Donald Peoples Jones Jones could be a guy to start just because could he got be. a lot. Could be. <laughs> I did not say start him. No, 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 no. That was not me. Uh-uh. Nope. Not me. <laughs> not me. Never okay. me. Well, it, it was not a good game for Peoples Jones at all. Nope. If you play, if you played your guys from Cleveland, specifically Chubb and Cooper, congratulations. You uh you you had a half decent week. Okay, now we'll talk about an actually non-sarcastic elite performance from Joe Flacco. Yeah. Non-sarcastic. 300 yards, four touchdowns. This is vintage Joe Flacco. Sure. I'll let you believe what you want. Sure. Well, this game was. take away from your moment. This game was, anyway, vintage Joe Flacco. Like I, 10 years ago. I do want to talk about the bad first, if I'm allowed. Well, I mean, the bad is Elijah Moore just not doing a lot. Um, the tight ends also. I'm not, I'm not concerned with Elijah Moore. He was on the field for every stat minus four. I'm not worried about Elijah Moore. I think, well, a, if anything, I think he's a great buy low. Great by low with the window for Zach Wilson potentially coming back. Yeah, I think he's a pretty good by low right now, honestly. Okay, so then what's your what's the bad for you? The bad is the running backs. The running backs bad. Specifically, specifically Brees Hall. Brees Hall is the bad because now you had Ty Johnson factoring in. So breaking down the snap counts for the running backs, you had Michael Carter, 42, Brees Hall, 20, Ty Johnson, 13. You break it down by the charts. The early down guy was Michael Carter. The goal line guy, Michael Carter. Short yardage situations, there were three carries that were deemed short yardage situations. Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, Brees Hall all got one. Third down guy for PPR, it wasn't Michael Carter, and it was not Brees Hall. It was Ty Johnson. And then for two-minute drill, it was Michael Carter. So none of the things that I pointed out are Brees Hall. Scored in the game, but I think this is an opportunity to sell high on Brees Hall and get something for Brees Hall. So, excuse me. I need to talk into the microphone very nice and close. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a perfect opportunity to take advantage of the blind Jets fans' loyalty. Please, go to a helpless Jet fan in your league. Say you want to give them Brees Hall and let the negotiations just flow from there. I'm telling you, this is a prime opportunity to do it. Take advantage of the stupid Jet fans that think because they're beating the Cleveland Browns that Deshaun Watson, they're going to the Super Bowl. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk today. Well, I'm not, I for one, I'm not going to be taking Brees Hall because he looked okay in the game, but he didn't, yeah, he didn't light the world on fire. And part of that was game script because Brees Hall and Michael Carter only got seven carries each. And 
Um, you know, Ty Johnson might have been in there on third downs, but it didn't mean Jack for his usage. He only got one catch on one target for four yards. So, and not even a rushing attempt. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's just, I don't know. I mean, the receivers were more, more of the story in this game. And that's just because the Jets were down early. They were playing catch up the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the receivers, specifically one that, ooh, I'm going to be talking about him on the waiver show tomorrow. Mr. Garrett Wilson. I, I I'll don't you what, know. If Mike Evans gets suspended, I'm starting Garrett Wilson in the non guillotine league. Sorry, I'm going to be a Debbie Downer. <laughs> I'm going to be a Debbie Downer. I'm not starting Garrett Wilson. Not yet. Not yet. Because Garrett Wilson only was on the field for 43 snaps. That's a very limited sample size in a game where, let's face it, the Jets were down. Now, the conditions next week could be good for Garrett Wilson to have another nice game. Going up against Cincinnati, Cincinnati is 0-2. And Joe Burrow is going to be pissed off. So, could that be conditions to start Garrett Wilson as a flex? Yeah, could be. Could be. But is he someone that I am clearing space for in my lineups to start? No, I'm not doing it yet. What did say? Is he getting there? Yes. It's just Mike LaFleur and Rob Sala need to stop with this bullshit that they have these proverbial training wheels on Garrett Wilson. They need to take them off because Garrett Wilson, I will admit dead wrong on Garrett Wilson. Dude is a stud. Dude is a stud. You have to play him as much as you possibly can. And 43 snaps out of a possible 70, that number needs to go up. Needs to, because Garrett Wilson is a potential star for the New York Jets. Well, think about how many of those snaps turned into targets for Wilson. I'm not going to try and do math again, but, you know, 14 out of 43 of those snaps turned into targets for him, and he caught eight of those for two Mm -hmm. touchdowns and 100 yards. Yep, and it just goes to show you that Garrett Wilson was just out there cooking people. Yep. I mean, that, that touchdown to win the game, I was like, how the hell did he even catch that? Because yeah. it looked like it was, it looked like he was covered. Yeah, yeah. Garrett Wilson looked good, but the problem is, I just don't know if I am willing to start him, given the limited snaps that he is playing, and the fact that he seems to be a little game script dependent. So well, I, with that, with that being said, he's my number one waiver pickup of the week. <laughs> of course, am I starting him? No, but he is a hell of a stash. Yeah, well, I think maybe now, uh, like coming into the game, Garrett Wilson just had kind of a shaky first game in week one against Baltimore. A couple drops, a couple of, you know, it just, it was his first game as a rookie. Sure. Got the targets, though. Got the targets, though. It was encouraging. Yeah, but this game, I feel like he got, like this could be a point where Michael Ford and Rob Sala could be like, well, you know, actually, we should probably give some, like, you know, factor him more into this offense because mm-hmm. we're seeing now how good he can be. 
Has to. They have to. And until they do that, he belongs on your bench, but he's an elite bench play. Elite. Like his quarterback. Elite. Very elite. Well, not sarcastically elite. Actually elite. Very elite. Very elite. I mean, the man is elite. Joe Flacco. You know who's an elite passer? Braden Mann. Yeah. Yeah. He could be a QB. He could be a QB one for the Indianapolis Colts. Probably give them more than Matt Ryan. <laughs> that was a great throw, though. Yeah, it was. That was a tight little spiral. Yep. Uh, okay. So you want to move on to the yes. next game? Surely. The Commanders and the Lions. A game that defies all expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can move on to that game. Yeah. And by defies all expectations, my guy, Curtis Samuel, love Curtis Samuel. He's, I don't know what, I don't know what I saw in him. I just thought that, you know, I saw a guy with upside and somebody that like he's injured. Yes. But, you know, Ron Rivera loves him and you got it. And if you drafted him, you got him super late. So is he injured? No, he's not injured. No, currently he's not injured, but he... Oh, oh, injury prone. Injury prone. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Because one of the questions I was going to ask you is when is the inevitable Curtis Samuel injury coming? You shut your mouth. (laughs) 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 I mean, hey, Curtis Samuel looked great, led the team in targets, was on the field a ton. The only guy that out-snapped Curtis Samuel in this game was Jahan Dotson, who was on the field for every single snap minus one. It's great news for anybody that has Curtis Samuel and anybody that picked up Jahan Dotson last week. These two are becoming, I don't want to say must start assets, but are they definitely approaching flex level consideration? Yes. Yes, they are. I know I had to start Curtis Samuel somewhere. I did not have a choice because of Gabe Davis, which, by the way, we will be previewing Monday night. Um, But he's probably going to be getting a start for me again next week against against Philadelphia. It's as simple as as that. Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dawson are the two of the main reasons that I have survived in the guillotine for two weeks. Yep. Well, pending. Minor miracle. I don't know how you've been able to get away with starting both of the Washington receivers, not named Terry McLaurin, but well done. (laughs) Well done to you. Yeah. Uh, It it defies logic. It's a blessing and a curse because yes, it is. Because I have Terry McLaurin in the other league and he has just not been great at all. Except, Um, well, week one, he was, he was pretty good, but I was going to, I was going to say he, he turned it on when they had to start throwing the ball, um, got eight targets. I'm not super concerned about McLaurin, not yet anyway. Um, but is there a possibility that he does get a, a spot on my bench next week when he's going up against uh, uh, Darius Slay? Possible. It definitely is possible. Yeah. Um, and then the running backs. I mean, not the best yardage-wise for Antonio Gibson, but he did score. So that's good. Gibby. Yeah, he was... He was fine. But again, game script dependent. J.D. McKissick uh, was a beast because they had to work their way from from behind. But great, 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 great time to try and sell high on Antonio Gibson. 
Yeah. Honestly, you could like, probably please, sell high I'm, Carson I'm, Wentz too. I'm on my knees. Oh, I think Carson Wentz has more left in him than Russell Wilson does. Rest of well, rest of season, I moved Carson Wentz ahead of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is being hamstrung by his idiot coach. No, no. Russell Wilson doesn't look good. Russell Wilson looks bad. Russell Wilson looks bad, 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 bad. I don't know. I mean, yes. Hey, Adam, let's play a game. How many rushing yards do you think Russell Wilson has through his first two games? Probably not. Probably zero. Not a lot. Mm. Ten? A little more. Mm. A little less. Five? A little less. Three? One? Four? He has four? Four. He has four rushing yards. It's because... I'm going to blame the coaching staff. No. Russell Wilson does not look good. Russell Wilson does not look good. I could see. We'll get there. We'll get there. I don't want to talk too much about it. because We'll talk about Detroit. But I could see a situation where you drop Russell Wilson for Carson Wentz. I would do it. (laughs) Okay. I would do it. In week two? Yes. Well, heading into week three. That is just how unenthused I am about Russell Wilson. I am out. Out, out, out. I mean, the season has made me kind of regret take taking Broncos just because of how bad the rest of the team has been looking. Hey, I have Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton looked good. Well, Jerry Judy went out with the whatever it was. You know, Cortland Sutton is Adam. Cortland Sutton, dog. But let's let's talk about the lines, please, please. So I yes. Can... Yeah. Well, DeAndre Swift looked great. Uh, who cares? Who cares? Just keep keep going. But your version of Curtis Samuel also looked great. Oh, please stop it. Please stop it. You, you meant to say my version of Jerry Rice. Well, no, your receiver that's also running back that, um, you know, that came through for you. Who? I'm on St. Brown. He had 68 yards on running the Running back to the receiver. What? <laughs> I'm kidding. Are you huffing some substances? I'm not. Oh, okay. Okay. No, well, it's, I said the other way around. But still, Amara St. Brown, fantastic week for him. My child. My child. Making his father so proud. Unbelievable. What a game. What a game. 12 targets, back-to-back weeks. Eight catches, nine catches. He he is a must-start receiver. <clears throat> Amon Ross St. Brown does not come out of your lineups. Not anymore. Not after this. Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. Not a chance. Um, I do want to say also, with this game, DeAndre Swift, a lot was taken away because of the touchdown. So it kind of masked his day. But the dude only got seven touches. He got seven touches to Jamal Williams' 13. And really, I mean, DeAndre Swift got most of his yardage on a 50-yard run. 
Correct. So that's was not coming in. Was coming with the ankle injury, so I understand the reasoning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh my god, got something in my throat. Uh, I can understand the reasoning for the usage of Craig Reynolds now and Jamal Williams, but DeAndre Swift was still on the field for the majority of the plays, which is good. They just weren't giving him the ball nearly as much, but really all in, it was nearly as far as important, important usage, early downs, 16, 15, nine in favor of Swift, then Williams, then Reynolds goal line. Swift got two. Williams got two short yardage. Williams got three DeAndre Swift on third down led nine to one. And then two minute drill was DeAndre Swift. You keep playing him. You keep playing him. You keep starting him. Uh, Detroit gets a trip to is it uh, Minnesota next week. So divisional game. I, I would expect DeAndre Swift to have a, a definitely a better day. Uh, next week it definitely again all depends on how the ankle is looking we'll have more information on that you know with with injury reports that come out uh, in the middle of the week yeah and on the downside I mean first of all this is more of a before you go into TJ Hawkinson who has who didn't look great in this you mean TJ Blockinson yeah TJ Blockinson uh I mean what and like DJ Chark doing nothing um you know, what is Jamison Williams going to come back to or going to come into in this offense? What, what's he going to look like when he returns from his knee injury? He's going to be the number two receiver in this offense. Until proven otherwise, I assume. Until proven otherwise, yeah. But honestly, with the amount of options they have with Josh Reynolds, with DJ Chark, I know it was a bad day, but I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide. They don't have to bring Jamison Williams back if they don't want to. I mean, I know there's a timeline right now for him to return maybe, maybe by the end of October. But again, that's, that seems to be fluid. It seems to be fluid at, at, at this moment in time. Yeah. And I mean, they could probably, I guess they want to get, they want to get something. They want to see something from him in his rookie year. Sure. And he's going to come back. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're going to sit him completely, but it may take a little bit longer because they have options there especially with the way Amon Ross St. Brown is playing. I mean, he's looked – the offense looks fantastic. It's not the offense. And Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks in the game. The offense looks good yeah, the for crazy the Detroit thing Lions. Do, the I Lions dare, look, do I dare even say it? They look like a different team than last year. Fair play to Dan Campbell, man. He has, he has these guys playing. Jared Goff even looked really good. Yeah. Yeah, four touchdown passes. Yes. Uh huh. Yep. Good for them. I like even in week one against Philadelphia. Like they they put up points. Two thirty you know, point weeks in a row. This is the not Lions. the twenty twenty one Detroit Lions where they just couldn't win a game. In yeah, they couldn't buy a win. And they have an opportunity to do it again against Minnesota. And then guess they get week four, Adam. Who do they get in week four? Seattle. Oh, that's going to be fun. Start them up. Start up all your lines week four. Oh, man. That's going to be, that's going to be crazy. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. Next game, the Buccaneers and the Saints. This game was weird. This game was really weird. You mean Fight Club? Yeah, Fight Club. And what's the, the first rule of Fight Club? Okay, fine. We're gonna we'll move on to another game. Because <laughs> we don't have to talk about since this is the first rule. I'm I'll be breaking the first rule. We can move that on. That is true. That is true. But uh you know, this game, this is it's been like this for the pat for three years now, or four years, maybe even five years. Uh, where it seems like Marshawn Lattimore has gotten into a fight with somebody in this game. Not in a row, but like yep. there, I can, you know, they on NFL Network, they played the three incidents where Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans got into a fight mm-hmm. in this game. Yep. I think every single time it was in the Superdome, which is weird. Of course, they didn't shit in Tampa. Why would he? <laughs> He wants to do it in friendly confines. Uh, so the one thing that I want to talk about with the uh, Buccaneers, because it was just a down day across the board, it was the Saints. We knew what was kind of coming in this game. That would be a little bit meh, potentially. But the Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore situation. So what I've been told is, and it could happen before this episode even releases, is that there could be a ruling from the league, which sees Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore suspended because of the incident and the timing of said incident because of it being in the fourth quarter. So really, it was it's just a matter of, yeah, you know, is a fourth quarter suspension really, you know, sending a message? Not really, not really. So it is entirely possible that we see Mike Evans not on the field for when the uh receiverless Green Bay Packers come to town to play the receiverless Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It could be really be a receiverless derby between, between the two sides. So a true battle between Aaron Rodgers. We'll see really who's better between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, because it'll just be no receivers. Uh, They could be bringing bringing Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski back. You never know. Knowing Tom Brady. Um, Is Donald driver available? (laughs) Greg Jennings. No, Greg Jennings would not come back and play for Aaron Rodgers. Um, But And then also, before we move on to the Saints, uh, Julio Jones with the knee injury, I am being told there is a possibility that that is a week-to-week situation with Julio. Not sure yet. Uh, He's going to try and give it a go at practice this week. He did make an attempt to play uh, in this game, but unfortunately was, was short. And apparently there was some discomfort there, too. So we don't know what his status is looking like for Sunday versus Green Bay. But I can tell you right now, if Julio Jones is playing against the Green Bay Packers, you can make a case that he is a top 30 play because if Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are not there. Yeah. Well, so is that game at night? That's a night. That's the 425. Oh, 425. 425 game. Yeah, the Sunday night the Sunday night game next week is San Francisco and Denver. Boring. What? Yeah, boring. That's ridiculous. Why would they even do? Well, yeah, no. Well, Why? I know the reason, but that reason died yesterday. Yeah. Well, uh, it's not. It's not great. Nope. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, the the New Orleans Saints. I mean, 
it's not well. So Chris Olave looked good. Michael Thomas looked good. Um, Jarvis Landry's okay. Thank you so first. much for not allowing me to trade for Jarvis Landry. You're welcome. Um, it's Chris Olave. That's the guy I want yeah. to talk about. And yes, Michael Thomas, two touchdowns in two straight weeks. Great. You're going to continue to play Michael Thomas. But Chris Olave, the breakout game for Chris Olave. Five passes for 80 yards, caught. It's a little hard to trust him just because of the usage. But if you're, say you can guarantee me he gets eight, nine targets a week, that right there is good enough to include him in your lineups. That, that, that's good. I'll take that. But the problem is I need to see it first. And also, the quarterback play is not first. great, has not been great this season for New Orleans. No, it hasn't. But as far as the, the, who is the guy that's getting the majority of the deep ball looks? It is Chris Olave. He is the first player since Mike Wallace in 2013 that's a name. to have over 25 yard A dot on 10 plus targets. So, what A dot is for all the people that don't know, it is average depth of target. So, basically, it is how far the quarterback is throwing the ball on targets, right? Was that the year that Mike Wallace was on the Steelers or the Ravens or the Dolphins? Not sure. I okay. think I think it still was the Steelers with Big Ben. I think. So really, I mean, Mike Wallace was a super fast guy, and they were just like, go deep. We'll, mm-hmm. the, the, we'll throw you the ball. Just go deep. That's what Chris Olave's role is. Yeah. That's Chris Olave's role. He had, on his 14 targets, he averaged a 25 A dot. <clears throat> That's stupid. That's stupid. He hauls in one of them. He has a monster day. And he almost did. He almost got one. Well, he did get one. But then he fumbled. Yeah. So, Chris Olave, continue to stash him on your benches. But I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking what I am seeing. Well, it still counts for 51 yards, even though he did fumble at the end of it. Yeah, but, still counts. Yeah. Still counts. Not great, though. Uh, the Panthers and the Giants is next. And, I mean, this is an okay day for McCaffrey. It's not really what you're expecting, though, from him. Um, He was on the field for every stat minus five. What's well, good? He had a first, his first 100-yard gain. That's good too. You take it. The only thing the only thing he didn't do is score. Yeah. The only thing he didn't do, the only thing he did not do in this game was score. But the usage, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. Now, I think the question here before we get to the Giants, we're really, really the Giants. It's interesting with the Giants. We'll get there. But the thing with McCaffrey, and I want to ask you this, Adam, and you know, I definitely want to speed it up a little bit. But mm-hmm. are the days of Christian McCaffrey being an elite fantasy option over? And is he just a good, very good fantasy option? Or do you see potentially the elite side of Christian McCaffrey coming back? I mean, it's a good question. It's because... a great question because I've thought about it for the last day and I don't know. 
I think maybe you might be right just because, you know, being injured for two years in a row and having your season cut short for two years in a row might sap your explosiveness, your power, you know, your talent a little bit where you might not be the same guy uh, coming out of that. And like, he's still good, but is he, he's not first overall pick good anymore. No. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at is that he could just be a very good option and not that elite star player. But when you're still getting over a hundred yards, total offense with a hundred yards on the ground, mind you, he's still going to be fine for fantasy. It's going to be fine. Um, Same can't be said for DJ Moore. Same can't be said for Robbie Anderson. It's a weird game for DJ Moore when they really focused on him to start the second half. He was great. Then they went back to the same old shit and DJ Moore was not a part of it. So, I mean, Adam and I, we both know from the Cologne a year ago, the DJ Moore experience. It's painful. It's painful. I, I don't have a single share of a Carolina Panther across 19 leagues. I don't have a single share of Carolina. I might feel that way about the Broncos next year. Just, just let you know. Oh, I'm loving I love my share of Courtland Sutton right now. Um, <laughs> but continue to play McCaffrey as a mid range RB one. And DJ Moore, you're kind of hoping for touchdowns at this point. Cause only three catches for 43 yards. That's barely good enough in PPR, even with the touchdown. So, yeah. And then the Giants. <clears throat> well, Any first played? of all, sir. Yeah, sure. I was going to say, no, you already went into it. I was going to say, like, first, I want to know what's going on with Kenny Holiday. So his locker was cleaned out and he was gone. That's the story before anybody could even get into uh, the Giants locker room. Eventually, more and more has come out and there were more players that had just booked it out of there. Um, beforehand so i'm not looking too much into it but it is interesting that kenny galladay was in fact one of those players and reading into it only two snaps for him kenny galladay belongs one place and one place only adam would you like to uh inform the people where kenny galladay belongs he belongs in free agency correct correct (laughs) it's weird though that's usually that stuff happens after a bad loss I mean, this is a last, not last second, but this is a close win for the Giants. And you got players just booking it out of there. The Giants are 2-0. and I know. 2-0. and And they're acting like a team that's 0-2. I know. It's mind-boggling to me. It is mind-boggling to me. I think it uh, is. It, it, wow. It's, it's, it, it's something. It, Brian Dable took the no happiness culture that Tom Coughlin instilled. Uh, a bunch of years ago. Hey, and, you you had uh, Brian Dable dancing last week. I mean, I mean, hey, good for them. Good for them. Dance. Celebrate. It's supposed to be happy. You're 2-0. Yeah. Now, now let's get one thing abundantly clear. Is that going to last? Absolutely not. Because, Adam, you know who the Giants get this week? I'm going to guess Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys. They get Cooper Rush this week. Don't worry, we'll have more on that shortly. Um, but with the Giants, one thing I want to point out before we uh, move along, uh, Saquon Barkley, 61 of the team, 73 offensive snaps. He's fine. Continue to play him. The two starting receivers for the Giants that you want to have, 
Sterling Shepard is one, 10 targets. Love that. And David Sills is the other one. Am I picking him up? Nope. Am I, do I want to pick up Sterling Shepard potentially in, in PPR? Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a worthwhile, worthwhile ad. Sure. As like a fourth or fifth option, and you kind of see where it goes from there. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Well, anyway, next game, the New England Patriots going to Pittsburgh for the to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, good game for Mac Jones, and is considering his injury, it was a good game for Mac Jones. I highly recommend that Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, little Jordan Humphrey, and Matthew Slater uh, talk bad about the offense because then you just magically get involved. Joe well, I mean, 13 targets in the game. Yeah, well. For the game, he talks shit about the offense and how the offense is very poorly run. So, yeah, just start talking shit about the Patriots offense, apparently. Well, Lil Jordan Humphrey only had one catch for 11 yards and Devontae Parker had nothing. So maybe it doesn't work for – your results may vary on that. Well, Devontae Parker didn't talk shit. Neither did Lil Jordan Humphrey. Jacoby Myers did, and he got 13 targets. So <laughs> talk shit. Talk shit. Yes. Yep. Um, interesting Interesting stuff, though. Um, and I know that there was uh, injury involved. Um, Ramondre Stevenson – getting 42 snaps, Damian Harris only getting 27. Damian Harris did score. Um, but very interesting that Ramondre Stevenson was on the field for a significant amount of time, uh, more than uh, Damian Harris. If we're looking at the uh, the pie charts, Ramondre Stevenson was on the field for 38, back, uh, 38 plays with Damian Harris on the field for 26. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson was the early downs guy. Then on the goal line, it was uh, both of them. Both of them were on the field for uh, the one goal line opportunity. The short yardage, it was Damian Harris. Third down, it was split. And then on a two-minute drill, it was Ramondre Stevenson. So in PPR, it looks like Ramondre Stevenson has uh, some sort of value. But I think the the goal line stuff, I'm still convinced that it's going to be Damian Harris. And, you know, we saw him get the touchdown. Yeah. And it looks like you were pretty right about – uh, Damien Harris getting more of the work with Tom Montgomery going on IR. Yep. And I love it. I love it. I think yep. Damien Harris now you can, uh, I think both of them really, um, you can, you could plug in as, as solid flex options uh, for, for your leagues. I think, I think that that is definitely possible. Uh, and they get their, uh, they get a nice little matchup next week with Baltimore. Yep. You know, I didn't even realize that this was a Gunnar, a Gunnar Olszewski revenge game. I said it during the game. Bill Belichick cut Gunnar Olszewski so he could sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers so that way Gunnar Olszewski can muff a punt so that way New England could recover <laughs> and put New England in a goal line opportunity. Bill I tell Belichick, you what, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick is just, he's thinking years into the future. He, he, he Time traveler. Time traveler has, Bill Belichick. He has double agents everywhere. Absolutely, he does. He is he is a double agent on every team. We just don't know it yet. Yeah, I would be surprised if your uh, if your neighbor in Huntington was a double agent. For could be, could, could be. be. I wouldn't be surprised if someone in your family was a double agent. No, well, you know your your neighbor who played for the Jets. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, Mister. Uh, Mr. Chris, 
Mr. <laughs> Mr. Chris, indeed. Mr. Chris. Yes, that's fair. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> outside of that, I mean, Najee Harris came back. Uh, he was hampered, but, you know, it's still not a bad game for him at all. You know, with the with five catches for 40 yards and then uh, 49 yards on the ground. With Trubisky as your quarterback, I mean, what are you expecting here at this point? Like, you're not expecting mm. the world. Not much. Not much. Um, Najee's going to keep working his way back, I'm sure. But uh, alarming, maybe. Maybe, but I'm not panicking yet. Uh, the other weapons did okay, also. Um, Deontay Johnson did mm-hmm. did good. Pat Firemuth really, 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 really helped that he scored. My start of the week at the tight end position, Pat Firemuth. Yep. Uh, right, Chase Clay, Clay, I mean, he could have had a Chase Claypool day if he didn't score. Mm-hmm. So that's just how great touchdowns are. Um, and then George Pickens had the one catch for 23. So, you know, what are you going to do? There's only three safe starting options in this offense. Is Pat Fryer, Muth, Deontay Johnson, and Najee Harris. Yeah. All righty. Next game. Speaking of Baltimore, this game was nonsense. This game was drunk. <laughs> There's always at least one. This game. Holy shit. I mean, what a... What a game for Tua. That's this is crazy. Yeah. 469 yards passing, was it? Pretty nice. But yes, Pretty yes nice. it was. Pretty nice. Nice plus um, 400. And then six touchdowns. Yep. Jalen Waddle. Nice. Nice day. 11 <laughs> catches. Tyreek Hill. Holy smokes. But the one thing that I want to talk about, because, of course, this is fantasy, and we have to talk about the bad. Chase Edmonds getting not only, not only was he outtouched by Raheem Mostert, he basically was outplayed by Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert was, for all intents and purposes, he was the guy that Miami went to. And it's baffling to me because Miami gave Chase Edmonds a long-term contract. So what? What are they doing? It's the 49ers connection between Mike McDaniel and Raheem Mostert. The, the, 40, the, the, the Kyle Shanahan runs deep in all those, uh, all those 49ers guys, let me tell you. They're like an like, old European royal family. Very incestuous. Literally. Literally. I mean... <laughs> But honestly, I'm not concerned yet. But is Raheem Mostert a worthwhile ad? Maybe. Maybe I'll have more information on on the waiver show tomorrow when I have a full gauge as to as to uh, everything. But he definitely could be uh, someone that you go and pick up. But outside of that, Mike Kosicki, yay. Tua, yay. Jalen, yay. Tyreek, yay. Great stuff. Great stuff from Miami. It, yep. Honestly, honest, honest to God, if you did not have a running back in this game, you were good because <clears throat> Kasicki good, Tua good, Jalen good, Tyreek good, Lamar good, Mark Andrews good, Rashad Bateman good. Yep. Even, even, Devin, Devin, du- even Devin Duvernay. I was going to say the same good. thing. 
Even Devin Duvernay had a kick return touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Good. Fantastic. Good. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, the Dolphins, I feel like, was it probably more game script than anything? Yes. 100%. They were down super. They were down huge in mm-hmm. this game. Yep. They had to score 28 points in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. to win. So, you know, that's a that's a big factor, and that's not going to happen all the time. Game script, or, game script dependent. Uh, but to, is Tua a nice option given his schedule coming up that you could uh, have him as a second quarterback or even as a as a uh, streaming option? Yes, absolutely. Well, they are playing the Jets in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, I would like I have a situation where I had Trey Lance that uh, went out. I think my second quarterback is going to be Tua with Joe Burrow. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Why not? And we'll we'll get to Joe Burrow. We'll get we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yep. Uh, the Ravens, though. I mean, Lamar Jackson. He kind of broke his Miami curse. I think. Seventy-five yard touchdown for Lamar Jackson. The yep. man at forty-two points. He broke the record for most one hundred yard games. Yes, he did. By a quarterback. Lamar Jackson was also the number one player on the week. I just want I just want to point that out. Number one overall, I think he was the number one overall player of the week. Not in the guillotine. Interesting. Who was it? Was it uh, Tyreek? It was. Okay, so maybe the so maybe the scoring that I'm looking at is is bonus related. Maybe that could be it. So you want to know what the margin is? Because I think you'll find this very hilarious. Sure. Point one. There you go. Tyreek Hill had 42 even, Lamar Jackson 41.9. And then Jalen Waddle had 40.1. Four out of the top five in the in the guillotine were in the Ravens uh Dolphins game. Jesus. Because Tua was his fourth. That game was intoxicated. Yep. And then Garrett Wilson and Joe Flacco are also in the top ten. Anyway, uh, yeah, you want to move on to let's move on to the Falcons and the Rams. And finally, we need to say good things about Cam Akers for once. Yeah, he's back. Yes, we can. I I don't want to go and jump the gun. I don't want to well, do that. He didn't score. He didn't get that touchdown that Darrell Henderson got. But, you know, he he's getting used again, at yes. least getting used again here's the usage henderson darrell henderson was on the field for 35 plays cam Akers was on the field for 27 early downs work went to cam Akers. goal line work went to darrell henderson short yardage it was split third downs it was all darrell henderson two minute drill was all darrell henderson yeah that's not great but i think i don't know maybe your theory is correct that he's that Cam Akers is just being eased back in again after having kind of a wonky schedule where he tears it, he tore his uh, Achilles in camp and then came back for the playoffs, won the Super Bowl. But, uh, and now they're kind of easing him back in for the grind of the regular season. Here's what I think I'll keep this very short and very sweet because Cooper Cup, good. Allen Robinson finally scored. Hip, hip, hooray. Tyler Higby. Pick up Tyler Higby. He is a startable tight end going forward. 
all I'll say. We're we'll back on the time. train. What's that? So we're back on the train for Tyler mm-hmm. Higby. Yep, we're back. We're back. Very, very, very back. With the running backs, I would say that because Cam Akers is seeing the majority of the snaps on early downs, that Cam Akers probably is the guy you want to have going forward in this offense, which, thank God. But it is still concerning that Darrell Henderson was getting the short yardage and the goal line work. That is a little bit concerning to me. I think they're both going to be borderline starts going forward. I think this is going to be very game script dependent. Like if we think that the Rams are going to be winning games, then Cam Akers is your guy. If not, then I think it's Darrell Henderson. So let's just do a little exercise. The Rams are playing next week. They're playing the Arizona Cardinals next week. Um, Give me all of Cam Akers next week. Okay, cool. Uh, Okay. And then for the Falcons, um, I mean, they almost won this game. That was pretty crazy, but we need to talk about Kyle Pitts. Um, What do you do? What do you do with Kyle Pitts? The Adam, it's a great question. It's a great question. Honestly, you can't start him. You can't start him. And then you have Arthur Smith, disciple of known fantasy football hater, Mike Rabel, coming out and saying, we're going to do what helps us win football games. This isn't fantasy football. When asked about Kyle Pitts and his usage. You're Owen fucking two. You're Owen fucking two. Thank you. <laughs> like, wh- what are we doing? What on earth? are we doing and 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 Kyle Pitts was on the field for 57 snaps would you like to take a guess how many snaps he actually played lined up as a tight end it is an obscure number mind you but it is telling um, considering he only got three targets, I'm going to say 20, maybe very close, Adam, 23, no way. So that means for 34 other snaps, Kyle Pitts is being lined up out wide, which should be good, except it's not like, what are we doing? What are, what are we doing? Are they treating Kyle Pitts as a decoy for some reason, for some dumb reason? It could be. They could be. And it's silly. It's silly. It needs to stop. Kyle Pitts, you cannot start going forward until he shows something. By the way, he also has not scored a touchdown as a professional football player in the continental United States. Just want to point that out. Oh, my God. The only touchdown he scored was against the Jets in London? Yep. Oh, that's fucking terrible. That's he has dis- more touchdowns that- in Europe than he does in the United States as a professional football player. Just want to point that out. He has more touchdowns in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. That f- then fucking <laughs> dump. Fuck that place. <laughs> um, but the good. Drake London. <sighs> I know. What Stud. a week. What a week Stud. this was for first round receivers. Yes. Sorry, James Williams. But ladies and gentlemen. 
Drake London is a must-start receiver going forward. I don't care. You you mm-hmm. you find places to play in. I, I I don't care. You must play Drake London every single week. Done. End of story. Yep. That's it. Had to start him. You have to start him. He's uh, he's great. He's he's been very good. For our next game, we're going to talk about uh, the Bengals and the Cowboys. It's a very '90s matchup, honestly, with the Cowboys winning and the Bengals being terrible. What? Hey. Oh. I'm on the I'm on a thing. We're recording. work? No. Oh, okay. Morning, No, I'm fine. Okay. Uh I do remember that. I I missed that. I needed that. Yeah. I need, I needed that like a fucking crack addict needs cracked. <clears throat> like Hunter Biden needs a crack pipe. Okay, stop it. Man loves his crack. Let me tell you something. Do you want me to start again? Yes, go ahead. So our next game is a very '90s kind of matchup where the, the Cowboys win and the Bengals were shit. Hey, Adam. Yes, Bird. You know what happened to Joe Burrow, to Joe Mixon, my son, to Jamar Chase, to T. Higgins, to Tyler Boyd. You know what you 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 to Hayden Hurst. Do you want to know what happened? I can probably I can infer they got Cooper rushed. I believe they got Cooper rushed. They got Cooper rushed. Oh, Giants be on the lookout. They are on Cooper rush watch. My goodness gracious. What a performance. Granted. 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 It wasn't the prettiest game in the world. I want to put that out there. It was ugly. Joe Burrow did not attempt to throw over 30 yards, which is uh, quite terrifying. Um, Ezekiel Elliott looked bad again. Tony Pollard looks like the best running back in this backfield. And Adam, I think your call about Tony Pollard potentially outscoring Ezekiel Elliott is going to be spot on. Because Tony Pollard looks better. He just looks better. I don't know which predictions work, but sometimes they just do. That's one that I I think I even said it at the time, or if I did it and I ridiculed you, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure that then I apologize because (laughs) deep down in my heart, I should have realized that yes, Tony Pollard's the better running back in this backfield. He is. He just is. It's not Ezekiel Elliott, and this is a, this is a tricky situation for any fantasy manager to manage to uh, to, to to manage. Um, I do have Tony Pollard somewhere. I have Zeke Ezekiel Elliott in one place. I have Tony Pollard in the guillotine, and if Jerry Judy is out next week, uh, I might move one of the Washington guys into a receiver spot and then t- start Tony Pollard at flex. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad move. I don't think it's yeah. a bad move at all. Um, the one thing, CD Lamb, welcome back, King. Welcome back. Great game. Great game for my King, CD Lamb. Looked good. Um, you know, you're going to continue continue to play him. Noah Brown. Woo! I guess all that yeah. practice field work that they've been getting on the on the practice squad, I guess it, I guess it, it, it it's added up to something. Uh, it does things. Deep, in deep leagues, why not? Why not take a little stab at Noah Brown? Sure, why not? Uh, Dalton yep. Schultz. Dalton Schultz. This is 
this is what I have been working on. So exited, came back, then exited again with a knee injury. I'm being told that Dalton Schultz is going to have an MRI. And what? Dr. James Chow yesterday, didn't he say uh, MCL sprain possibly for Schultz? Yes. Yes. I I was told, I did not see that uh, Pro Football Doc put that out there, but that is exactly what I was told, that it could be an MCL or a meniscus-related situation. So if it is an MCL sprain, that is a couple of weeks. So, yeah, not good. Or PCL, sorry. Oh, a PCL. Oh, yeah. I did not hear that. Okay, so PCL, I got to do, do some work on that and figure out what the timetable is for, for a PCL. The worry, the worry for that is a is PCL. For okay. All right, so then we'll have to do some uh, do some work do some work on that and fig- and figure it out. But uh, as as of now, Dalton Schultz is day to day unless told otherwise. For the Bengals, just a weird day, a weird, 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 weird day, all the way Absolutely. around. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins was fine. Tyler Boyd, he he was on the field. All three of them, all three of them got he- got heavy, heavy usage. Um, but Tyler Boyd only got the two targets. Jamar Chase got nine. T. Higgins got nine. Hayden Hurst got six. Joe Mixon came out came out of the game for a little bit. Looked like he may have sprained his ankle. So I think he'll be fine. I think it's that's that's like day to day. Not too worried about that. Um, but I think Hayden Hurst could be a worthwhile tight end ad. So I think he's someone that on your on your waiver wire could be could be worthwhile. Okay, so Adam is officially gone. So we have heard we've heard enough from Adam today. So we are going to cover the last remaining games, and let's start with the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. For the 49ers, we got to talk about Trey Lance. Trey Lance done for the year. Jimmy Garoppolo now going to be the starter. And as as terrible as this, as this is to say. I think the 49ers are better with Garoppolo than they are with Lance, especially from a fantasy perspective. I think Brandon Ayuk gets a, definitely gets a bit of a boost. Debo Samuel gets a bit of a boost. And then when he returns, inevitably, uh, George Kittle is going to get a bit of a boost as well. So I like the, the prospects for the 49ers uh, moving forward. I think George Kittle, if there's a George Kittle manager out there that is panicking, go and try and make a trade offer for uh for George Kittle right now. For the running backs, Jeff Wilson led the way in in snaps, so good news for anybody that picked up Jeff Wilson on waivers in week 1. Continue to start him. Continue to start him because he's he's definitely the guy for the San Francisco 49ers. For the Seattle Seahawks, just a, a, a disgusting disgusting day. Uh DK Metcalf did not have a very good game at all. Had a long catch that was called back because of a penalty. Would have helped his day a little bit. Uh, Tyler Lockett, though, nine catches, 107 yards on 11 targets. Seahawks were only on the field for 49 offensive snaps. And Metcalf and Lockett were on the field for 45 of them. Good news. The running backs, Rashad Penny. Holy hell. Woof, woof, woof. Woof. Six carries for 15 yards, and that is it. Game script, possibly. 
But my God, my God, the, the, the wheels have fallen off of Rashad Penny. It's only been a week. So you can't start Rashad Penny anymore. I don't know if you could start any Seattle running back, to be, to be quite frank. Uh, this is a dangerous situation to play, um, and I would be staying away from it at all costs. The Broncos and the Texans. Uh, Jerry Judy exited this game with a shoulder injury. Um, we are still waiting uh, for an update on that. I should have an update um, pretty shortly um, if if that is the case. They're saying it's a rib injury, not a shoulder. Okay, so they said during the broadcast it was a shoulder injury. So my, apolog- my apologies on that one. Um, we talked about Russell Wilson at the top. I'm going to say it again. I think if there is a situation where you have to drop Russell Wilson, I think you can get away with it. It's just a matter of who are you going and picking up because I I want no part. I want no part of Russell Wilson anymore. No, thank you. I'm good. I'm done. Javante Williams, not great given the lack of PPR work. You got to remember he had 11 targets, 11 catches, excuse me, last week, but only ran seven carries for 43 yards. But the 11 catches made his day. And only get 16 uh, touches here, one catch, not great. Not great at all. Melvin Gordon got 11 touches in this game. It was just a really down, down, down day for anybody on the Denver Broncos, not named Cortland Sutton. Seven catches for 122 yards on 11 targets. As long as Jerry Judy is out, Cortland Sutton is going to be a must start given that he is going to absolutely 100% be the apple of Russell Wilson's eye. They get the 49ers next week, Sunday night football. Cortland Sutton is going to be a must start, especially if there is no Jerry Judy for the Houston Texans. Not really a lot to, to talk about here. Nice bounce back from Damian Pierce after Lovey Smith said they had to get him the ball more 77 yards of total offense, 16 touches. Not bad. Not bad. You know, you want to see, you want to see definitely more of that. Um, and he gets a great matchup, too, against the Bears in week three. The Bears just got absolutely ripped to pieces by Aaron Jones, which we will get to in a minute. Um, but, yeah, I like I like what I saw from Damian Pierce. I, I think you could play him as a flex-level play this week versus the Bears. Uh, Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks, very similar days. Brandon Cooks had 10 targets. Nico Collins had nine. Uh, Brandon Cooks, I'm still playing. Nico Collins in deep leagues, in 12, 14-team leagues, I think he's a worthwhile add. Um, and someone that maybe I would consider starting if you're in a bit of a bind uh, against Chicago. Not too bad, but the real number to look at for this game, uh, you wanted to see more of a, a, a clear-cut split between Damian Pierce and Rex Burkhead. We got that. Damian Pierce had 16 touches. Rex Burkhead had two. So Damian Pierce is the guy in this offense. You need to utilize him as such going forward. Again, flex-level play is Damian Pierce. Let's go to the Cardinals and the Raiders. My goodness, what a game. What a game this was. Kyler Murray, he he, big time, big time, big time, big time when they needed him most, Arizona. And Arizona could be bad. Arizona could be bad. Um, But we'll definitely have more um, on that. Um, Greg Dortch. Anybody who picked him up on waivers, you were rewarded. Got, got himself a touchdown, four catchers, 55 yards, and a score. Not bad. 
Zach Ertz, eight for 75. You like that. James Conner, questionable, has an, had the ankle injury. Uh, we're still waiting for an update on that. But if there is a running back that I would like to have, it's probably Darrell Williams and not Eno Benjamin. Um, so I'm not really sure what I want to do if there is one that I really want to have. If there's no James Conner, but in, in deep leagues, he there's one of them is going to be worthwhile picking up at both of them. You know, Benjamin had 11 touches. Darrell Williams had 10. So, and Darrell Williams also scored. So again, I think the guy is Darrell Williams, but they showed last week that, you know, Benjamin was number two. So we'll see. We have to wait for an update on James Conner before we can make any, any rash decisions. Uh, Hollywood Brown, six for 68 and 11 targets. He continues to be uh, someone that Kyler Murray relies on heavily. Same with Zach Ertz. So, you know, continue to play Marquise Brown as a wide receiver too. For the Raiders, kind of a weird game for the Raiders, if I'm being uh, completely honest. Derek Carr was fine. Typical Derek Carr performance, 18.9. Didn't disappoint you. You're good there. Darren Waller. That's what we want to see from Darren Waller. That's exactly what we want to say. Love that. Mac Hollins, 5 for 66. Did not see him being the leading receiver in this game. I'll tell you that right now. Hunter Renfro. Exited this game at the very end with the concussion after he had the second fumble. Not great. Definitely alarming. I want to see more of Devontae Adams going forward. I mean, seven targets, but they just blanketed him. Again, this all goes in line with what we were talking about, that the Cardinals shut down number one receivers. They did it again with Devontae Adams. Then you had Mac Collins and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller that had days. So, it's a blip in the radar for Devontae Adams. You should not be too concerned. Josh Jacobs was fine. Again, great game for the Raiders. Let's go to Sunday night. The Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, Aaron Rodgers. Again, a really like, weird, weird, weird game for Aaron Rodgers. Had the fumble, but threw two touchdowns. Owner of the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers, you want to see a bit more from him? Like, I don't know how comfortable I am going to be starting him, but for now, it, fine. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones owns the Chicago Bears, too. He has part ownership. Start Aaron Jones, continue to start him. Tough matchup, though, against Tampa Bay next week, and that's going to be a really, really exciting, exciting game um, for everyone. Alan Lazard, a quiet, quiet day, had the touchdown but only three targets. It was not really what you wanted to see on his return, but there's more opportunities there. Nice to see him get on the score sheet, though, uh, in his return, his first game of the season. A.J. Dillon, 18 for 61, has never been particularly very good against the Chicago Bears, only 3.4 yards per carry. So it, you'll see better days from A.J. Dillon, I'm sure. He's going to be their closer. And I think maybe it calls for an A.J. Dillon game next week versus versus Tampa, potentially. Uh, and then outside of that, no real receivers really stood out for Green Bay again. Uh, Sammy Watkins was later on the day with three catches uh, for 93 yards. Am I going to go out and add Sammy Watkins? No, not really. Um, so, yeah, that's just kind of that. And for the Chicago Bears, David Montgomery, a 100-yard day on the ground for him. 
really nice. You wanted to see that. Gets the Texans next week at home. I would be starting David Montgomery as an RB2 next week. Justin Fields, 70 yards passing, but had the rushing touchdown. Should have had two. If we're, if we're being really honest with ourselves, if he didn't, if he didn't step out of bounds, but you can't start Justin Fields in anything more than really, really deep leagues and in Superflex. Outside of that, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, what the hell happened? Cole Komet, a zero again. Cole Komet, you have to drop. You have to drop Cole Komet. You cannot continue to start him again. No catches for and one target. You can't do that again. Darnell Mooney, two targets. Not good. Not good at all. This is coming off of a week where he had three targets last week versus San Francisco. If you want to hold on to Darnell Mooney for one more week, you could do it, but then we get into panic time if Darnell Mooney can't do anything versus the Texans that just got absolutely carved up by Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton. All right, so let's go and preview the two Monday night games, and let's start with Buffalo and the Tennessee Titans. You're going to be starting Josh Allen. You're going to be starting Devin Singletary. The receivers, you're starting to Fon Diggs, Gabe Davis. He is going to be all looking likely that Gabe Davis is going to be out of this game. So what are you going to do? You are going to go and you're going to try, if you are allow, if your league allows same-day pickups, go pick up Isaiah McKenzie. He would be the like-for-like replacement, and you are going to start Isaiah McKenzie if you are in a bind with Gabe Davis. Dawson Knox, I think, is a good start as well. I want to see the running backs and how they how they split it tonight between James Cook, between Zach Moss, and between Devin Singletary. As for the Tennessee Titans, I would not want to start anybody that's name is not Derrick Henry. And even then, I would be a little bit nervous. The next game, the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. Kirk Cousins, you're starting. Dalvin Cook, you're starting. Justin Jefferson, you're starting. Adam Thielen. I think it's a good start. I think it's a good start this week. I would go ahead and I would do it. KJ Osborne, you're leaving on your bench. Irv Smith, you're leaving on your bench. For the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, starting. Miles Sanders, you're starting. AJ Brown, you're starting. Devonta Smith, start him if you have to, but I don't love it. I think I would probably want to go pick up Isaiah McKenzie before I would want to start Devonta Smith, if I'm being honest. And Dallas Goddard. You are going ahead and starting. Well, that is it for the review show for week number two. I will be back with you tomorrow to do the week three waiver show. And then Jake will be with me to do the week three preview show. And then, of course, Jake will be with me to do the mailbag for week number three. So for Adam, I am Bird. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye bye.